0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: And we are live. Once again, it is the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast and Best Bets live stream. My name is Rob Dosser. The hatless gentleman you see over there is the one and only Jeffrey Goodman. Um, Jeffrey, how are you doing, sir? Is everything good with you?
2: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's supposed to be a little bit uh, nicer out today than it was yesterday. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to at some point maybe take a walk. I'm, I'm not that far from downtown. The residence in is kind of just on the outskirts. So I'm hoping to take a little walk and, and, and get downtown, get some lunch, maybe outside and um, maybe meet the the one and only Brian Snow for lunch. I'm not sure, though. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know if I need that negativity in my life.
1: I, I think I would rather uh, be by myself. Yeah, that might be the
2: logical happen. call, but <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to end up. Uh, there's nobody here. I, I guess. Okay, so that's. Let, let's talk about that for a second, because the atmosphere now in between the Sweet Sixteen, uh, uh, the, the the first second round, of the Sweet Sixteen, is usually electric, right? Um, you know, everybody stays around and the coaches are here and it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, well, it's not, I mean, I guess the final four, it's before the final four usually, but now it's like, everybody went home. There's this gap of four days and nobody's here right now. Like nobody's here up. There were no coaches that came anyway. Um With 16 teams left, but they can't, I can't see anybody from them. So it's like, and, and there's not a whole lot of media. A lot of the media even went home. The ones who could drive home went home. You know, I I, I kind of second guessed myself whether I should have flown back home, but I just felt like, all right, you know what? And then I got to fly back for for Friday. So, uh, well, stay- the big thing is that just
1: means that you're gonna it's two extra flights on a plane, and I, and, and yeah, eight eight plane. You're you're getting up in the to the age range where uh, where COVID could be kind of scary for you. You know,
2: definitely, I'm right there.
1: You're, you're you're definitely an old man these days. Um, it, but it it really has been a weird vibe for like the the kind of kind of tournament that we've had. Like I remember when when Dunk City happened, yeah. I literally did like six radio hits a day. Um, now maybe that's just because like I've been a little bit more selective in terms of the the radio shows that I'll go on these days. I just don't have the time. But it doesn't feel like there's the same level of overwhelming attention that goes to it. And I don't
2: know. You know um, what? else? Missing missing? Here, here's the other part. I talked to your coach yesterday. What's missing is for these kids after going to the Sweet 16, think of Oral Roberts when they go back to campus, what it's like. They get like a yeah. huge gathering, right? And then they get a send off to go back out. These kids don't, don't get that. Like Florida Gulf Coast got all that. They got it when they came back to campus. I don't know what it was, but I'm sure they got like in the gym you know everybody, uh, everybody kind of honoring them, and, and then when they left, they got something else, and and that's the hard part for these kids. They don't get that. They don't get the mm-hmm. same experience at all.
1: Yep. All right. So let's kind of go through this region by region. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to. It feels it feels weird like we don't have all that much to talk about. And we're kind of going over the same stuff. So I'm, I just kind of want to go through like the the storylines and the favorites from each of these re- regions, the things that you're looking forward to the most, like the storylines, X factors and the favorites. So um, let's start with uh, the West, just because I feel like that's the most obvious storyline that you can get with the uh, Gonzaga Creighton, USC yeah. and Oregon. Um, so why don't you start Jeffrey? What's the biggest storyline there?
2: I mean, I think it's, it's the point guard matchup maybe um, between Zagorowski and Suggs that, that we're looking at, you know, Zagorowski is the veteran, but I, but I think it's both. It's, it's that, and also again, like I we talked about a little bit yesterday, two of the best shooters in the country are going to be on the floor. Now, one mm-hmm. one can jack it fifteen times from three, and, and you wouldn't even flinch. The other, Mitch Ballock, sometimes barely shoots it, and 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 he's one of the best shooters. Wouldn't you agree? Like, if you're talking top ten shooters in the country, Mitch Ballock has to be on that list, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, I mean, he 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 also fires it up from deep. He loves he loves a good thirty footer. Um, but yeah, you know, for me, the biggest storyline is is just uh, whether or not Gonzaga is going to make it undefeated. That's the biggest storyline of the entire tournament yeah. to me. Like that's the that's the the most interesting thing. That's the thing that everyone should be talking about. I know we have fifteen seeds here, and we have UCLA yeah. back, and all of these other things, but it's Ken USC. Make it through this entire season undefeated. And I, or, I'm sorry, USC. Right. Ken will make it through this entire season undefeated, and I think that they're, they're going to. Um, I think that they are talented enough that they will beat everybody by uh, at least ten points. So, um, who's the X factor for you in that region?
2: It's. I mean, it's Balak. You mean a player, or you mean a team, or what do you mean? A player, player team whatever. Yeah, I mean it's Balak for me for Creighton because if he hits like seven threes, they're going to be right there. You know that, like if he if he has one of those nights, and again, if I'm Greg McDermott, I'm saying let it fly. And and he told me, like he's told me in the past, he wants Mitch to shoot more. And Mitch, for some reason, man, if I had that that flamethrower, I'd be I'd be jacking it every single time. <laughs> and I know you would. You do with oh, yeah. with what you have. You jack every single time. And yeah. With a lick.
1: Look, these shots are going to get themselves, Jeffrey. <laughs> Everyone knows that the shots are going to shoot themselves. Um for me the biggest X factor in that region is uh is Isaiah Mobley. Um when he plays the way that he did on uh on whatever day Monday night I guess when they beat Kansas like that changes what this USC team can be because all of a sudden they become that much more difficult to guard, they become that much more difficult to match up with and when you have two 6 foot 10 guys that can play on the perimeter like their guards, you're 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 suddenly you have a team that that might be able to, you know, they're going to cause Oregon problems, and they might be able to match up with Gonzaga. So for me, it's Isaiah Mobley is the one that, uh, that that I think will determine whether or not USC can one get to the elite eight and two uh, actually have a chance to pick off um, Gonzaga once they do get to the elite eight. All right, yeah,
2: I think it's going to be more USC's guards. Can they handle Oregon's all those those wings? Right, like like Oregon's have really good wings. You know, big, strong, physical wings. Duarte, Figueroa, Richardson—they're all big boys. Like, so I—I I, I think it's—it's—it might be more of that than anything else. I don't know if they need Isaiah Mobley as much as they need um, their wings to be and the guards to be able to, play, you know, whether it's Peterson or some of those other guys. They gotta—they gotta be able to play with those Oregon wings.
1: Yeah, you know who would know about that uh, USC Oregon matchup better than anybody? Who? Who? one and only Mick Cronin USC head coach Mick what's going on man how you doing welcome to the show there he is
3: can you hear me am i did I did I do this right
2: you did you did look at you you're a pro you are an absolute pro at this i mean the camera could go the other way but but we're not going to nitpick Mick you did this
3: look at that look at yeah. that all right i can't see your heads but that's okay you can't. Yeah, you're better. You're better <laughs> off not seeing that. My, yeah, my computer's on Alabama computer. right now. I had to hit
2: pause. So, <laughs> so hey Mick, I've worn this hat a lot throughout the season, but i Can you see this? Let's hold on. I me turn it back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I, I've worn that a lot, but I'm going with the Cal hat for you. I don't have a UCLA hat, so I'm going to stay with Pac-12 Unity. Okay. okay? <laughs> Being an Arizona guy, I'm going to stay with Pac-12 Unity. I have the Cal hat on right now. I got it. I'll take All it. Right?
3: I'll take it. We're the same system, UC system.
2: There you go. There you go. The UC system that – I want to start with this, Mick. Like, you and I talked before the season uh, for a while, and uh, I don't think people realize what you guys were up against. Not just you, but even USC. What you guys were up against before the season and that other schools were practicing indoors. (laughs) They were doing their thing, and and you guys
3: couldn't do jack, you know what. Like. You can do anything, anything to win. Stanford, Cal, yeah. uh, you know, everybody out west, you know, just so literally, I didn't, I I sent my team. We came home from Vegas last March. Conference tournament canceled. We had a meeting the next day. And I had a bad feeling. And I just said, look, guys, I was concerned. I said, if I, you know, we're we're headed for online. Yeah. They're gonna shut us down. You know, I was just talking about I, I, you gotta stay on your academics because at UCLA we were on the quarter system. So we had a lot, you know, we were headed to academics till June. I didn't know that I wasn't gonna see him for the next six months, wow. six wow. months. I didn't That's... see my guys from March 12th to September 21st. <clears throat> and then you gotta remember in the Pac-12, they announced in August. Remember, we right. weren't even play until January. Yeah. Uh, we were worried all our players were going to hurry up and try to transfer so they could play somewhere. Uh, it was so crazy, you know, in the Pac-12 as a group of coaches, uh, we be, we became really close. We started a, literally almost a daily <clears throat> Zoom that uh, Sean Miller had his ops guy set up, um, you know, without the league, just the coaches. Uh, banding together to try to figure out how we um, got back uh our our preseason, you know our non-conference season said so uh and literally we talked as coaches four or five times a, a week um just us not just when we had our you know with the pack 12 so huge disadvantage six months no you know no camaraderie no development no player development can't help can't develop a guy's body um you know, I'm talking to Cody Riley every week. He's in spin classes in a parking lot in Cal- <laughs> out in Northridge. Um, you, you, you know, just because I'm worried about, you know, he's a, he's such a – his legs are so big. Just just anything you're trying – you know, guys – and it, it was lockdown, guys. You couldn't get in a gym for months. It's so like our guys, you know, couldn't even – then as it, it loosened up, guys are sneaking in back doors of their old high school at night, Yeah, yeah. you know get a few shots up so it was crazy I mean I think it hurt the Pac-12 early in the year there's it that's why it took our teams a while to to really gel and play better as you've seen late in the year
1: so Mick you talked about not seeing people for a long time you saw your dad for the first time and was it a year I can't hear you you can't hear me and
3: I don't know why because I can Can hear you hear me yeah I can hear you Jeff that's strange very strange. strange All right, go ahead. Why. You ask You asked. You asked. Right, the- right, right, right. I'll, I'll
2: ask the questions then. Robble, Robble,
3: Rob, Rob. I'm sorry, man. I don't. I'll know just be know the Jeff.
2: Tell him I'm the pretty face. That's
3: all. Yeah, that's he's going to try to look good, good
2: Mick, and and you you don't have to hear him. He's probably better if I if I didn't have to hear him, it would be a better show. Trust me. <laughs> sorry.
3: No, um, he,
2: he was asking you, you know, that you saw your dad for the first time in, in basically a year uh last week. That was it. It was touching. It, honestly for, for me, for other people. But these are the things that like make this tournament so unique this year. Most of them aren't for the better. Let's face it. Most no, of them are not for the worst. better.
3: Other than the fact that we're playing right. Everything's for the worse. Yeah. Right. I mean, look what happened to VCU. Oh my God. I mean, yeah. can you I mean, I can't sucks. even imagine. Yeah. You know, poor Mike Rose and them guys. But no, my dad. I mean, my dad's my best friend. When I was at Cincinnati, he stayed in my room. He sat next to me on the charters. Um, after, you know, my last six years, he had retired from professional baseball scout. Um, you know, and I, you know, I talked to him every day, guys. So, yeah. you know, but I I mean, literally, I was like, so, you know, we, I, I, we won the game. I wanted to go talk to Coach Izzo, and I hit the brakes to go talk to my dad. And the security's trying to stop him, they're panicking, like you gotta stay away from each other. I'm like, dude, I haven't seen my dad in a year, get the hell out of the way. I mean, come on now, I'm not well, I'm not gonna hug him, we'll right. stay feet apart, but I'm gonna right. go talk to my dad, I haven't seen the guy in a year. I mean, just unbelievable.
2: I mean, it's just crazy. No, it, it, it's amazing. I don't think, I mean, again, you don't even know what the atmosphere is like in Indy, like today. There's nobody here. It's, it's the weirdest (laughs) feeling, Mick. Like it's, it's the strangest feeling to see um, coaches. The only time I've seen anybody is like after games, like Joe Golding the other day from Abilene Christian, they win, uh, they beat Texas and he kind of comes up. He's so happy. He's like going to come up to me. I think he's going to hug me. I'm like, Joe, stay away. Like, I don't want you to be kicked out of the tournament, (laughs) my man. Like, Stay away, you, you know. About
3: that? Right, I mean, right. you're here, but you're on. No, I haven't seen you. I mean, I will tell. I, I've had this. The, the, the one cool thing. I mean, look, there's 16 teams left, so so yeah. it's you know you you want to be one of them. But now that now they moved all 16 teams to the Marriott, yeah. where we yeah. have been already, so we didn't. But we did get our rooms cleaned finally yesterday. But right. while, <laughs> while we were at the zoo, we got our rooms cleaned. So, but it's now like a big AAU tournament. We're yeah, all in the same it's hotel. Jam. Yeah, it's, just a, beach it's just now. a beach jam. It's beach jam, except yeah. we got better hotels, as you know. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, and then we walk over to practice in the convention center. You know, you, you see each other. I mean, it, it's it's really nuts. Um, I just went down and 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 you know got my Starbucks. Nice. You got to put in your order the night before. I got um, one. So there you man. go. I got so you put in your order the night before you go down. The coaches are all down. There's a table where you pick it up. Yeah, literally in the lobby, I counted them. There's nine security people. And they're doing nothing because there's nothing to do. But I I, I was on the radio back uh, in L.A. I was telling Petros and money guys. It's like, it's literally, it's like being like in in Hong Kong and you're you're like, you're locked down with the protesters. I mean, it's just crazy, You, you know. And Mick, I mean, one of the things that I think has blown me away that again,
2: I don't think people understand what you've had to go through. Okay, so you had to go through you know, not seeing your players for six months. You, you also lose the two best players, not just the best player in your team this year. You probably lose your two best players from what you thought it was going to be prior to the season. Chris Smith goes down with a season-ending injury, but uh, Dacian Nix is a stud point guard, not good, terrific, like plays the game the right way. He, he's he's going to be a pro someday. And and base the G League Ignite, they 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 steal them out from under you. I mean, yeah. I I know you got to be careful what you say here, but no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's bullshit.
3: Well, the, you know the thing that bothered me about the reports was that you know he was committed. No, he was signed. Right. So you know the NBA under they, Trust me, they know my displeasure, but trust me, they don't care either. <laughs> you know, there's a fallacy out there that there's a partnership and there's not. You know, the college basketball has been free minor league system for the NBA for, for 40 years. And that's what you do to your, you know, Then so not now you're trying to take our mark because you want to steal our market share for ESP, you know, to your for whoever to, you know, let let it, it's a business decision. You know, they're front off. Look, they're in this business to make money. Of course, it's they're a business. So I don't begrudge them. But let's not act like it's something different, okay? There is a systematic approach to what they're trying to accomplish um, and taking the market share away from college basketball. And they actively recruited a signed player, which they said they were not going to do. Um, so, you know, that is what it is. But, uh, yeah, that didn't help because he could have played with Tiger Campbell. Oh, be- they, were because not- they played together because Dacian Nix is 6'5". Um, you know, so, you know, it's not like you had two little guys, uh, you know, and then Chris, God, he's such a good kid, guys. I mean, he's such a good kid. I mean, if you see, I mean, he didn't do anything. I mean, he, you know, Larry Kristoviak looked at me, the game was pretty much over. And Chris just ran and caught the ball in front of their bench. Nobody touched him. I thought he slipped. And Larry told me later, he goes, man, that's how I get, I guess that happened to Larry uh, in his career in the NBA and he was like, man, he goes, I was so worried when that happened. Like he actually called me, he's like, hey, how is he? But we had to wait a day to get the MRI. So yeah, I mean, you know, then you lose Jalen Hill a month later. It's, it's so, but, but Hey, look, man, you know You still got players, right? And you got your job as a coach is to find a way, right? It's to find a way to win. You know, you can't give in, you know, you got to convince your guys, we can do it. Albeit it's going to be harder. Right. I mean, it's going to it's going to be harder, just like it's going to be harder for us to beat Alabama than it was, you know, to to win our last few. Uh, Although that Michigan State game, guys, man, that was that was a tough assignment Mm -hmm. to go to Purdue, fly across the country. I mean, um, and that game was a bloodbath and it took our guys a long time to adjust to, to the way that game was officiated and played. Not a Pac-12 game, let's just say that. (laughs) No, no, Michigan State
2: the last month or so has been playing um, uh, a little bit of wrestling ball, I I would say, with Tom Izzo, which, you know what? You played it. You played it at Cincy, so you do it.
3: Got to do, buddy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No,
2: you do what you got to do to win. Yeah. Uh, Before we let you go, I I got two more for you. Um, Give me your take on Alabama first. I mean, they're super talented. I I think I was the only one who had them ranked in in the preseason top 25. Uh, really? yeah, I, they I, I Doster will tell you I've done it every year, the last three years. So finally I hit mm-hmm. the dartboard with it with Alabama, which is probably true, but, uh, I love Herb Jones. Herb Jones might be my favorite player in the country.
3: Yeah. You know, he, he I'll take you guys, you guys, you guys, I'm older than you guys. I think, you know, I have a yeah. friend, I, have I think, a friend. I
2: think we're the same age, Mick.
3: So then you'll remember there's a guy who played at Cincinnati named Herb Jones. Yeah, yeah, from way back. Yep. Great player, led Cincinnati. He led Cincinnati to the Final Four. Now, Nick Van Exel was a great guy, but Herb Jones was the leader and the best player on that team that year. Nick was a junior, Herb was a senior. Uh, versatile player, uh, not as tall as this Herb Jones, but was a elite European player for 18 years, best player in Italy, um, turned down offers to come back, uh, great guy, very similar, uh, can do everything, just like this Herb Jones. Um, but, they're, you know, look, let's be honest. Their shooting puts so much pressure on your defense for yeah. 40 minutes. I mean, it just stretches you. And then I coached against Nate. We played – people didn't see it because the game – it was in our friend Maury Hanks' tournament in the Cayman Islands. It was the first year of the tournament. Yeah. So you had to watch it on the internet. Um, it was Cincinnati Buffalo, and that yeah. was Clark's senior year. I had a great team, but Nate went to the tournament that year. Yep. Uh, it, you know, it was a hell of a game. We played them in reverse. You know, we we Morey Ma- gives me Buffalo. We're the one seed. He gives me Buffalo in game one. Yeah, it was it was an unbelievable game. Um, you know then we won the next two by thirty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but but Buffalo in round one was like you know after the game like to mori what what are you doing giving me that this buffalo in game 1 you know it's yeah, done a good job. Nate's done a really good job uh yeah. inherited some talent. I think you know I know how he likes to coach. Yeah. Uh, Haven't played them. He wants uh faster athletes. Um and, and and that's his comfort zone of coaching. Um probably dates back to his high school days. Um you know certain you get a team that fits you, right? Uh, and they really fit. Just they fit him, and that he's got. He, so he's just done a hell of a job. All right.
2: Before we let you go, uh, and this is the greatest interview ever. Not hearing from Doster. Like this, <laughs> seriously. We got to do this again. It, it's almost like this was planned. Man. This is absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. I'm on my phone. I don't know. But whatever. It worked. It worked. Um, so I know you're a big uh, horse racing guy, big yeah. thoroughbred guy. And and uh, next next Kentucky Derby, I'm not texting Bobby Hurley anymore for any tips. I'm texting you. It, it didn't work.
3: You just might as well burn your money.
2: Yeah, that basically, I, I killed it in the Oaks that year. I crushed it in the Oaks. I hit three trifectas with well, my you- wife, and then I lost everything in the Derby when I started asking Bobby Hurley for advice. That'll break you. When when did your when did your love for like the first bet
3: you ever made on the horses was when you remember? I could barely see over the window when I went up <laughs> for my two dollars uh, at River Old River Downs in Cincinnati, Ohio. So in Cincinnati, all the coaches that are teachers, they would work at the at the racetrack in the summer for their extra money. So that's how my dad grew up, um, and you know he he had worked there since he was a baseball player on full ride at Cincinnati. That was his summer job, and then as a teacher, high school coach. That's what he did. So, for me to spend time with my father in the summer, I had to go to the racetrack. I didn't have a choice. That's awesome. So, um, you know, next door was a, a Cincinnati's version of Coney Island where, so we, you'd have to go early when he signed in three hours before the races. And I would play hoops. The, uh, you know, they, uh, they had the hoops over at by the poles and then I'd jump the fence, come back. But, uh, hey, my brother and I used to get in trouble. Cause we'd be playing rubber ball and our ball would go out on the track and they'd, you know, I'd call my dad and say, Hey, get your boys are out on the track, <laughs> like literally out on the racetrack. Cause our ball went on the, you know? So yeah, I got, I mean, you know, to I grew up in a gym and then what, you know, for me to spend time with my father he had four jobs, I had to go to baseball games to scout. I drove four hours to watch guys pitch. When he yeah. was with the Atlanta Braves, I had to go to the gym to his practices and I had to go to work with him to the racetrack. So uh, you're a product of your environment. So yeah, now I own horses. I never thought that you know, back then I could bet two dollars on a horse. It was a lot. Now, you know, now I'm fortunate to, to own some horses with uh, some great friends of mine. Uh, one of them, Eric Johnson's plays for the Colorado Avalanche. Great yeah. guy. Um, I know nothing about hockey, and he knows nothing about basketball. So it's perfect. <laughs> there you card. go. It's a good partnership. Well, listen, we appreciate you jumping on, Mick. Uh, we
2: do. Uh, Doster's just sitting there looking like a complete. I feel terrible, man. Yeah. No, it's good. I'm telling you, this, this could not have been scripted better, Mick. So <laughs> uh, I appreciate it. Hopefully we'll get to see you from afar uh, uh, Saturday. What do you play, Saturday or Sunday? We don't play till Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, you got a lot of time. That's we, what people don't get, too. Like, you guys got a lot of downtime here. So we're we're probably doing you the favor here,
3: right? Uh, yeah, you know, they, they they gave me a chair. I talked to them in. They gave me a chair right outside the door yesterday so I could sit outside. Nice. Yeah, I know. I,
2: you know, so. You're spoiled but, with that L.A. Hey, that L.A. weather now. You're I'm a little
3: spoiled. Sitting- brother i don't ever I'm like i got to get out of here i don't i have tvs i have a backyard open outdoor. I as mean, everybody does in california the man.
2: life hey, the life of Mick cronin it's completely <laughs> ch- you're, the next next thing you, you know you're going to go soft you know
3: <laughs> oh i'm already there man uh, you know we we were here the first two days and i was telling the guys i uh, they're so worry about the you know your team they're back here all this time and it's raining and cold and they want to go home i said well i'm not worried about them I'm worried about me I'm shivering. What the hell? You? you know, I'm from L.A. That's it's all about me. It's yeah. all about me.
2: All right. Listen, thanks for jumping on, man. We catch it up and uh, good luck this weekend. Look at Dowster, it's great. <laughs> all right. Take it easy, man. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. You got it. There it is. Can you hear me, Rob? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. That was awesome. <laughs> Seriously, that could not have worked out better. They couldn't oh, hear you well. at all i love funny. it i love it the interview is much better without you to be honest
1: hey, look it is what it is it was i get pretty to good. I mean, relax and listen to, listen to the sultry tones of McCronin's voice
2: talking <laughs> about the track like we got to get that in here i mean this is it, best bets like you don't think McCronin knew that coming on
1: well yeah he knew he knew he was uh, he was looking for advice on the horses <laughs> i love it um all right so let's finish it out we got three more regions to go through um obvious i'm assuming that you agree with me that gonzaga is the favorite out of the uh out of the west region
2: yeah i I think i agree with you there yes yes that's safe to say um
1: i just i just joe you're right i do think that uh that mick is going to kill it at ucla um i just want to say that jeff and i had a conversation when uh in the same when um when steve alford and andy enfield were hired in the same summer do you remember this jeff we had a conversation. I forget what it was on. Yeah. But I said that Andy Enfield was going to be more successful than Steve Alford at UCLA. And you said Steve Alford was going to be more successful. I and I just, I just want to let you know yeah. that, that Andy Enfield right now is uh, is coaching for a chance to go to the Elite Eight with the number two pick on his roster. Yeah, he was smart. Uh, he's, he's still at USC. Uh, yeah. Steve Alford is not at UCLA. So I, I've been waiting a long time to come on here and take my victory lap on that one.
2: Yeah, no, you can do it. I, and, and it wasn't that I thought um, Steve Alford was great. It was that I thought uh, whoever was coaching UCLA at the time uh, was really good. Hang on, I'll be back. Um,
1: uh, where, where, where's he going? We lost him. First you couldn't hear me, now we lost Goodman. All right, anyway, so we'll move to the East region because both of us think that Gonzaga is the favorite in the West. Um, that matchups uh, the, the matchups obviously are Michigan and Florida State. Uh, on one side, and we have UCLA and Alabama on the other side. Um, all right, Jeff, so what's uh, what's the key storyline coming out of the, the East region? Michigan, Florida State, and UCLA, Alabama. Is it uh, Isaiah Livers Health? Is that the key storyline here?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, it is, but I, I almost don't expect him to play. But, yeah, going forward, obviously, that's that's the big one here. Um, I mean, I think again, most people are gonna to want to see that Michigan Alabama matchup. I-, I think it's kind of Alabama right now. You know, I-, I just think honestly, the Crimson Tide are once they get going, we saw it, right? We saw it in the middle of the season how good they were. Once they kind of got their swagger, and they've got swagger. They've got a shit ton oh, yeah. of swagger, right? And and NATO it's kind of leads that, right? Um they're they're just a fun team to watch because of how they play. So I feel like honestly, having them in the final four would be entertaining in a lot of respects. You know, you got Nate Oates, who's got a big personality, not afraid to, I mean, pissed off Coach K earlier this season. He's pissed off Sean Miller. Like it, it really doesn't matter. Like he he's he's pissed off a lot of coaches because he'll he'll say anything. Um, so I, I think Alabama Michigan matchup would be the matchup that everybody would be looking for there. And I think to have Alabama in the Final Four is something people can kind of latch on to, too. Alabama basketball in the Final Four. Like, is Nick Saban – he he would have to come, wouldn't he? Wouldn't Nick Saban have to cancel his plans and have to come to Indy?
1: Um, I mean, before he did that, he probably would have to figure out who the head coach is for the basketball team to be able to ask him for tickets. Um, so I think that's the first thing that he would do. I just imagine Nick Saban right now is Googling Alabama basketball men's head coach and trying to figure out, OK, Nate Oates. How can I get in contact with this guy? So I'm guessing that's probably what uh Saban's doing at this moment, just to make sure that he can lock in those tickets if they get there. Um, for me, the, the, the X factor here yeah. uh, is probably Javon Quinterly. JellyFam, fam JQ, uh, we know how good um, Alabama can be. Like when they get hot and they're hitting threes. And I know you love Herb Jones, and Herb Jones is awesome. And the, the whoever is at the five, whether it's Alex Reese or Jordan Bruner for Alabama, it really has made a difference. But I think where they can kind of struggle a little bit is when they get in the half court and they they rely only on Herb Jones to be a playmaker, right? Yeah. Like they have a lot of guys that can make shots. They have a lot of guys that are scores. They're a lot of guys that that can get their own. Um, but but Javon Quinnerly is like the one dude on that roster other than herb Jones that can go and make a shot for somebody else or create a shot for himself, yeah. um, get in the lane, make something happen. And uh, I, I think as he as he has been playing better down the stretch and he's been awesome for like the last probably three weeks or so, four weeks, something like that. Uh, one, it's really good to see because I mean he's he's a very, he's a good, he's a good kid. He's a yeah. thoughtful kid. Yeah. Uh, and I know that it's been rough on him what's happened since yeah. everything when he committed to Arizona. So I'm, I'm happy for him that he's having success. And yeah. I think that, like, if he keeps playing at this level, if we get, if we get the Jelly it's fans back, like,
2: it's, it's, it's a great story. story. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, I wrote the story, I think, when he committed to Alabama or, or shortly after. I talked to him and his mom, and I, I talked to him again last year when they played at Rhode Island. I mean, the crazy part of this Alabama team, Rob, is – I remember seeing them last year. I I took my wife and daughter to the game. They played at URI early in the season. They were awful, awful. And if you had told me that team, which is similar, like not a lot of different. I mean, there's some different pieces, but, um, you know, like, I mean, they had Kyra Lewis, who was terrific on that Mm -hmm. team, and they didn't do this. But, again, I think a lot of it is taking some time to understand the system for nato it's right like who plays this way in college
1: well i I don't know if it's just that i think it's part of it is also just like confidence and getting back into a rhythm you know it's been a long time since he played this many minutes as a college basketball player so yeah i'm not saying him i'm
2: saying the team in the system
1: oh yeah and i also will say this um i remember last year i know every coach always says that every player that is sitting out is the best player that they have in practice every time yeah every time but when you hear it from like Two or three different coaches on the same staff, then you kind yeah, of sit you, there and you're you like, Well,
2: believe you believe Hodson?
1: I mean, come on. When you hear from two or three different people on the same staff, then at some point it's just kind of like, Yeah, okay, you know what? Maybe there's a maybe, maybe it's not a coordinated effort to, to lie to me about who their best player is. <laughs> like, I also just don't understand like, why why you would, people would lie about that. It's like, Yeah, you know what? He's been good or no, what? he's been terrible. I don't know. Anyway, um, so who's your favorite to come out of that region?
2: Alabama now. To Alabama. I mean, I had Texas before, and and that was a shit show of a pick. I I should have known, honestly. I should have known, but I just – I thought all that talent – like, I thought there was no way all that talent wouldn't go deep in the tournament. Like, the veteran guards, Matt Coleman. I I swear that wasn't Matt Coleman on the court against Avalu. That was somebody else. That could not have been Matt Coleman.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he, he did not play very well. They were completely flustered. We don't need to go down that road again.
2: No, we don't. Um, but I'm yeah, with you. I
1: think Alabama is the favorite. I just think that um, that's a really tough matchup that Michigan has. It's a winnable one, but it's it, the length and athleticism of Florida yeah. State combined cool. with the way that they, brought, they they play their defense to take you out of what you want to run, is that's a really, really difficult matchup for a team that has a 5 foot 11-point guard. My, so, yeah,
2: I was going to say, Mike Smith to get to the final four.
1: Honestly, Mike Smith, assuming that Isaiah Livers isn't there, Mike Smith might actually be the X Factor. That might be the, the – He right is. Yeah. He
2: is the X Factor. He totally is. I mean, honestly, he's going to have to go up against Florida State in, in their length. and then, oh, by the way, you get by them, you might you might see Herb Jones.
1: Yeah. Yeah, good luck with that.
2: Um, yeah. All right, so let's move to the south.
1: We have Baylor and Villanova. We have Arkansas and These Oral are the Roberts. These the Saturday
2: games, by the way. These are the,
1: we just did the Sunday games. Now we're doing the Saturday games. Well, that I mean we we don't do anything in the right order here. I know. I'm
2: just letting people why know. Would we,
1: why would we why would we be organized? That would be too awkward <laughs> <off> for. Yeah, <laughs> not. We are
2: not. <laughs> All
1: right. Um so Baylor Villanova Arkansas Oral mm-hmm. Roberts uh what's the what's the key storyline there for you Jeff?
2: Um I mean obviously to me it's 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 Baylor for me just again can Baylor run through these guys? I, you know everybody's going to say it's Oral Roberts, right? Like can they do it again? They're an awesome story. We've seen it. We've talked about Max Asmus probably more in the last week than we uh, have talked about any player on this pod within a week's span, uh, and O'Banner, both of them. But I, I think for me it's like, can Baylor roll over Villanova? Can, can they start to pick up the steam to where, again, we say, hey, you know what, we need Gonzaga-Baylor. I've said it all year. I haven't lost faith in the Bears like you did.
1: You know, I, also, when did I lose faith in the Bears? You I never jumped right off there.
2: the wagon. You jumped right off. No, I, I jumped off the Baylor wagon.
1: Well, I what I said for those of you that were paying attention is that their defense was not the same when they came out of the pause. Well, of course, I, but like that it. wasn't that wasn't like an opinion. That was
2: an empirical fact. <laughs> I, I get it, but but there's a reason for it, Rob. Like like yeah, I
1: never said there wasn't
2: a reason, but just but you, because, you lost faith that they would get it back.
1: I I never did. I as soon as we talked, the, the the main point that I made was that they had that week and a half to kind of figure things out. What I didn't realize, and what Scott Drew told us on Sunday night, um, was that they had one day of practice, like one actual practice, yeah, which was just okay. baffling. I never thought about it like that. They'd shoot arounds and game day stuff, and and right. one actual day of practice. So, um, but I, I I 100% agree with you that the storyline here is Baylor and can Baylor find a way to get to the the we national title Baylor game?
2: We need we're at the point now where we never thought we'd say this. I mean, think about two years ago. If we said, we need Baylor and Gonzaga to play for the national title, everybody would be like, well, what the hell are you talking about? We don't want that. But we, we want that matchup so bad. I mean, again, Alabama get there. That would be fun. Um, you know, I, I think whoever comes out of that, you know, and we'll talk about it in a minute, the Midwest region, they're the Cinderella story, probably whoever comes out of there. Maybe not Houston. Um but yeah, I I I think ultimately Baylor's the, the deal here. Can they can they put another one together, a full 40? Like they put 20 together um in the last game. Can they put 40 together and, and just blow out Villanova?
1: Uh, yeah, I think that's probably what's gonna end up happening. We've been over how I think that's gonna play out. Um who's the X factor for you? For me, it's Justin Smith. Um, I think he's the guy that makes so, part of the reason I think that Arkansas is going to run Oral Roberts off the floor is because of the the like Oral Roberts wants to play small, wants to create mismatches. Um, and Justin Smith is the guy that can kind of negate that because he can do everything you need a center to do, but he also has athletic to, to play. Where does he why does this keep happening? Where does he keep going? I move
2: going? spots, I move spots, and I need a, my my uh computers, my laptop's dying. So, I just
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. the preparation
2: um, today is not there.
1: Yeah, so J- Justin Smith is the guy that allows Arkansas to be able to match up with uh with Oral Roberts. And I also think he's the guy that will force Baylor to go small against them if they end up playing them in the uh in the Elite 8 and forcing Baylor to go small with Vital at the 5, I think is the matchup where um, Arkansas matches up best with them. So, uh to me and look, he's averaging what? 24 and a half points and and like eight rebounds, a bunch of blocks. Like he's been awesome so far. So, for me it's Justin Smith for arkansas
2: yeah i mean that listen I, I i think ultimately i can't wait for the the mark vital jeremiah robinson earl matchup mm-hmm. like that's the matchup i want to see like the, the skill and, and finesse <clears throat> excuse me of uh jeremiah robinson earl against the toughness and power and and i don't want to say lack of skill but like mark vital never shoots the ball he's yep. just a killer he's a killer defensively and he like all he does is is free up his teammates on the offensive end and he's okay with it. Like that's the best part. I think Mark Vidal is is honestly the most underrated guy on Baylor. Cause without him, all those other guys aren't aren't what they are. Like they fall in line in terms of like being team guys and, and they're so connected and so unselfish. Why? Because Mark Vidal doesn't give a shit about scoring the ball. And he's tough as shit.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you saying that he's underrated. Um, <laughs> but, but, I, I mean, I, I think everybody knows how good he is. Um, So, is Baylor the favorite to get out of there?
2: What do you think? Yeah? Yeah, I think they're absolutely the favorite to get out of there. I don't think there's any question. Your pick to get out of there, do you, are you going to have them
1: coming out of that region? I have them winning at all. You have them winning at all. All right. So, yeah. right now, if you had to do – all right, we'll do that in a second, actually. So, um, let's move down to the Midwest uh, where we yep. have – it's always hard for me to figure out because I'm looking at a bracket that's got everything just scribbled out in the Midwest
2: region. Yeah, I know. You need another one. You I didn't, need not
1: get a single team right. In, in, in Why don't Sweet you 16? print out another
2: one? Like, I'm at a hotel. I, I probably should go downstairs and print out a new one. That that would
1: require me to do to to plan ahead, and that's just not that's not my forte. All right, so uh, we have Loyola Chicago and Oregon State in one matchup, and then we have Syracuse and uh, and Houston in the other matchup. So, um, what do you like there, Jeffrey?
2: Um, I think I like Loyola uh, after watching them dismantle Illinois, and and again, I like Loyola before, but I just wasn't sure they were at this level again, but when you watch Cam Krautwig and, and and some of their Williamson and some of their other guys on that team, they just play the, they play the right way. Like give Porter Morse a credit. Like, I mean, this is a guy who was what fired at Illinois state um, almost fired a few years ago at Loyola. Now he's got this team with an opportunity to make a second final four run in three years. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's final fours. Yeah. It's crazy. Insane. Insane. And again, Listen, you know, to me, it's a lot of it's about culture, but like, it's not like they're out recruiting dudes left and right. They're developing a lot of these players. I mean, they're developing them to where they can play and beat Illinois handily. Yeah, and it's, not,
1: it's not just it's not just development either. It's um, it's it's the the buy in that they have, right? right. It's, everybody yes. is on the same page. Um, yep. it's the. It's the fact that they the, they work so well in concert together. Um, it's the fact that they figured out a way to kind of hide some of the limitations that these guys have. While also, like, Cam Crutwig, has, there, there's very specific skills that that dude has uh, that make him useful. And Porter Moser is found a way to, like, completely accentuate everything that he does well without him being a liability on the defensive end of the floor the way that uh, other fives have been liabilities on the defensive ends of the floor. It's, it's really, really impressive yep. um, how he's been able to do that. So, yeah, I think that that's the storyline right there for me. Um, the the X factor I think is probably the Syracuse zone. Just yeah. rebounding. They got to rebound the ball. And it's not just rebounding the ball. It's, it's how effective is that zone going, going to continue to be against Houston? Like Houston's got some good guards, you know, if, are they able to penetrate against that zone? Are they able to pass through that zone? Are they
2: able to rebound against that zone? Um, Grimes is – you know, it's funny. When Grimes is coming out of high school, I saw him a bunch. And and the one thing I'll say about Clinton Grimes is – and I don't know if he, he's lost this or it's just his role now. He's a very underrated passer. Grimes? Yeah, very underrated passer. So, I, I think against the zone, he's got so much confidence now shooting the ball, uh, better off the bounce than he's ever been. And I think again, he, he's become a well-rounded player. Obviously, what will get him the NBA is is his size and ability to shoot the ball. If he can get to the NBA, that's what will get him there. But right. I, I think he's a good passer um and an underrated passer. So that should help them against the Syracuse zone. I still think it's can can Qs keep keep Houston off the glass because they're animals in there. I mean, they're they're absolute, they're so tough. The typical Kelvin Sampson team and Syracuse better rebound the basketball.
1: Yep. Yep, I agree. All right, who's your favorite to come
2: out of that region? Is it, uh, is it Loyola? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying it, but yeah, I think so. I mean, it should be Houston as the number two seed. That should be, a, a, you know, a joke. Um, and, yeah, th- th- somebody just in the chat said, is Euro the ultimate guard you want to go to war with? Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing him at UMass, even before he got to UMass, him and the kid uh, Gresham, and I was like, man, UMass has got some studs. I went there for practice before that the freshman year, and uh, I love him. I mean, he's tough as shit. Those are two uh, New Orleans kids that are just – they bring toughness, played through a major hit pointer, uh, and was really effective in, in their last win.
1: Yep. So give me your new updated Final Four. Is that Gonzaga, Alabama, Baylor, yeah. Loyola? Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. You know what that kind of reminds me of a little bit? Um, it reminds me of the 2015 Final Four when we had Kentucky, yeah. Wisconsin, Duke, and Michigan State where we had kind of like three teams that we wanted to see there the whole season long. And then uh, – oh, yeah, by the way, we just happened to have like Michigan State there. They get wrecked in the first round in the yeah. Grace and the Grayson Allen um, breakout game. Remember that?
2: Yeah, oh, I remember it. Remember I that? remember
1: it well. The Grayson Allen breakout game. Yeah, so <laughs> – Brad yeah,
2: great, great Norris was awesome too, Matt. Yeah, Braden, Braden Norris has to play well in this one. I just think they're, you know, they're just such a good team and, and they made a ton of threes in that last game. They've made a ton of threes, I think, in both of these games. They've shot it really well and really efficiently from three. So uh, if they can do that. Yeah, I, I think Norris is an X factor guy for sure. Yep. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow. we'll uh, We'll go through detailed um, each one of these matchups, and maybe we'll have another special guest. Who knows? And, and,
2: and the best part is, if we have another special guest and Rob can't talk to him and they can't hear him, that would be
1: well. Fun. Well, next time they come on,
2: you're gonna mute yourself. Yeah, I just will just sit there and be quiet. And we'll say You should have kicked me out and seen if then you could you could talk to me. See, that would have been the smart play for you. It's no, it would have
1: been video. awkward because he wouldn't have been able to hear me and I would have just been sitting there like, and it would have been like, Rob, I can't hear you. Rob, I can't hear you. Rob, I can't hear you. And this, <laughs> it, would you weird, it would have right. been the worst show ever. Like this that show already got-
2: isn't very good. That would have been the worst show ever. You know, and you got – listen, the other thing, guys, in the chat, if you have suggestions – now we can't really bring players onto this because it's called Best Bet. So I just haven't gone there and I don't think we should go there. Uh, but anybody else, any other suggestions you have um, – We'll try to get them. We'll try to get them. I mean, again, obviously it's tough this time of year right now. Uh, guys are starting their scouts and they got meetings in the morning. Um, but as we saw with Mick, like you know, you get them when they're drinking their coffee and have them come on for ten minutes. So we'll we'll, we'll try to get that done. Yep.
1: And uh, yeah, Jeffrey.